This is the Airplane Geeks Podcast. Our aim is to educate and inform you, explore and expand your passion for aviation, and to entertain you a little along the way. This is Max Flight on the road in Nebraska, heading east for home. So this week we have a pre-recorded interview by Brian Coleman, our contributing editor and co-host, and our main man, Micah. They spoke with Ryan Jones. He's the founder and CEO of Flighty. That's a flight tracking app that pulls together a number of tools for flyers into one application. It features fast push notifications, flight delay predictions, and pilot-grade data. Now, Ryan is giving away lifetime subscriptions to two Airplane Geeks listeners. At the end of the interview, Ryan describes that if you install the app and leave a comment, you'll be entered in the drawing. We really appreciate that Flighty is doing this for you. Okay, here's the interview. So as most of you listeners know, I'm a regular listener to Leo Laporte, and Leo Laporte has a guest on all the time who's been a guest on the Airplane Geeks, Johnny Jett. And when Johnny Jett was on Leo Laporte a couple of weeks ago, he started talking about a great new app that I had never heard of before, and it's called Flighty. Well, I got in touch with Johnny, and I had to ask Johnny how we could get in touch with Flighty because we knew that the developer of this app needed to be a guest on the Airplane Geeks. And so Brian and I got him together. Brian did his wonderful smooth talking that he usually does. And Ryan, thank you so much for getting Ryan Jones to join us. Yeah, because I'm so good at finagling people on the show. So yeah, Ryan, welcome to the Airplane Geeks podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Glad we made the connection and happy to be here. So Ryan, Flighty is a new app that when I looked at it, it seems like a combination of all the other apps that I'm using. It's designed for a flyer. Just from the beginning, we have a really well-rounded listening audience that's really into aviation from all aspects of it. What is Flighty and how did it come about? Sure. That's a big question, but let's do it. So I think you nailed part of it for sure, is that we combine all the different tools that aviation geeks or flyers or passengers use into one. And I'll automate a lot of the manual checking or piecing things together that you would do. And two big pieces of that are having really clean design. A lot of these tools are not the easiest in the world to use. And the other really big piece of that is automating things. So everybody knows how to go to one of the flight trackers and click, where's my plane? And then click, where's my plane? And then click, where's my plane? And figure out if it's going to be late. We do all that for you and tell you if it's going to be late with a push alert. So those are kind of two of the things that take it way above and beyond kind of an all-in-one tool. And then how it came to be. I love this story. I got to tell you, I love this story. And I know our listeners will too. Yeah, it is crazy. It seems like something I made up. So I, so if I go before the story, actually, for one second, which is semi-interesting, is when the iPhone first started, it didn't have an app store, right? And then two years later, it did. And one of the very first, oh my God, you can do this in your pocket apps was called FlightTrack Pro. And it was just real-time flight status in your pocket. And if you remember back then, 13 years ago, that was insane. It was, you know, you couldn't even really do that on the airline's own website. So it was like you're getting, it was almost like the airport boards, the schedules and departures were in your pocket. And that was just like it, the logical leaps and the holy, wow, magical moments were, were massive. I was a huge fan of that product. It was one of the original, this is a great product solving a real problem. And it had great user interface and awesome kind of fans. It ended up getting acquired by Expedia, who, as these things tend to go, didn't go as planned. 
And now it's five years ago, basically, it left the face of the earth. Yeah, I was going to say, you could go ahead and say they ruined it and therefore it died. Yeah. So actually, the interesting part about that, I have never seen this happen. They ruined it so bad. And the outrage was so bad that they brought it back for a year. They like unkilled it and released it as its <laughs> own separate app because people were so mad. And then they killed it again a year later. So it was like, here, you guys can have an extra year. So when that happened, I was working on a separate app at the time and was working at Apple at the time, actually. And I was like, oh, man, I hope someone takes this thing and makes it even more modern. Because as great as it was, it was still from a different era. You know, It wasn't built when push notifications were as easy and as great as they are. It wasn't built when mobile design is as clean as it is now. There was different data that was available then. I thought for sure someone would jump on this, and nobody did. About three or four years into me waiting for someone else to do it, I was in the Florida Keys for New Year's Eve. And this was 2017, 2018. So New Year's Eve, 2017. With my family. My grandma lives here in Austin with me. So we had flown there together and she's 85. So the Florida Keys, anyone who's been there knows it's brutal for getting to the airport. because There's one road to get to the airport. And if there's a traffic jam on that road, you're toast. So we started early in the morning for about a two o'clock flight. You know, we leave it, I guess it's not early in the morning, but 8 a.m. You never know what's going to happen. And we get the to the airport, we get to Fort Lauderdale, 10, checking this, do the rental car or whatever, 10.30. And the flight's at two, right? So we have way too much time, but that's what you do when you need some buffer. I know how to look these things up and I'm piecing it together that the plane is in Chicago and there's a massive snowstorm in Chicago because it's January 1st, but we're down in Fort Lauderdale thinking the things are just going to show up. And I knew we were hosed right away. And I just got so frustrated that this data was so readily available. And I could have easily, I just didn't have the time to look it up that morning. And I didn't cross my mind because I'm in the Florida Keys. Like what are, I didn't just have the mental capacity of my plane is in Chicago. Sure. And it's sunny out. And why in the world would your plane be coming from Chicago? Because no one really understands how airline scheduling and aircraft utilization work. So it makes complete sense. Yeah. And I'm busy with trying to get my grandma to the airport. Right. Like this, this is a thing. So we, of course, it didn't get delayed until one o'clock. Right. It gets delayed and then it gets delayed again and again. And I can tell because I'm looking that it's not going to happen. It's going to be a seven or an eight o'clock hour flight. So we literally set up camp at the Chili's airport, as you do. And an hour into waiting for this, I was like, that's it. I've had enough. I'm going to build an app that solves this problem. And I literally tweeted, F this. Who wants to build this thing with me? <laughs> and that's how it started. <laughs> So how many responses did you get to the tweet? Yeah, there was about 40. So I literally just started putting people's names in a Google sheet sitting in the Chili's airport with my grandma. You know, we were having a nice conversation and then I just buried it into my laptop. And she's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I think I'm starting a flight tracking company. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> so of the original five team members, four of us are still together, which is crazy. And we had never met before. The great thing that that did is it brought together people who immediately agreed that this was a problem that needed to be solved. So I didn't have any time to pitch anyone or try to convince great developers I knew. So it was an immediate net across the whole world of like, if you're great at this stuff and you agree this is a problem, let's work on it together. That's amazing. Now, this was, you started it, you said it was uh, New Year's Eve, 2017, 2018. Uh, when did it come out of beta and become available? So we were in beta for about seven months. It was kind of a long beta period because you have to have people that are flying in order to test this. We can't get a report that, oh, it may not be great because I'm not on the airplane, but I'm tracking my mom's plane and she was on the plane and she said this. And yeah, it's like we had to do that. So what we ended up kind of crazy that it took us this long, but it took me a month to figure out, oh, duh, let's go get pilots and crew test this thing because they know for sure when this lands and when it takes off and they can tell us if it's on time. So we were in beta for about seven months. We launched in September of 2019. 
which if you're familiar with global events, it's not a great time to launch a flight tracking app. No, certainly not perfect. This is one of the things that was mentioned by Johnny when I heard about it, is that you actually beta tested this with pilots and flight attendants who are using this all the time. And that just fascinates me that you were able to get them to use it. And apparently it ended up working perfectly for it. And many of them still use it and recommend it to others. That's exactly right. Yeah, we have a large contingent of crew and pilots. They are some of our best users because, like you said, they know and they know how to report these things accurately, right? Like some people don't exactly know what's the difference between landing and arrival. Like it's not super obvious. So when someone says we landed this time or we arrived at this time and I see in their signature that they're crew, I know that they're telling the truth and that they're giving me a good report. So with the push notifications, what all else are you supporting? I and mean, what types of push notifications are you putting out there? Good question. So the super nerdy answer is we have 65 types which is crazy. If we kind of go up a few levels. So I guess that tells you when it gets diverted, we have that custom push notification that says you were diverted from here to here. Your recovery flight is not listed yet. We'll notify you when it is. So it's broken down into that level of specificity is what I'm saying when I say there's 65. If we go kind of zoom out and go to what are the really kind of popular beloved notifications, the, the number one thing that we hear constantly is that we're around 10 to 15 minutes faster than any other service, including the airline apps themselves and the airport apps themselves. Now, that's going to vary. I can't say that's everywhere, right? But that's the number one thing that we hear, which Brian's laughing. It is crazy. No, that brings up just a huge point to me because one of my last flights, there was a delay and a gate change. And my United app said that there was a delay. The flight board did not show it. When I went to the counter at the lounge and asked them about it, they did not know about it. And I'm like, wait, how can the app know about this? But yet the airport itself doesn't. This is just a really confusing thing to me. And so, so Flady will take care of that and really give me the most accurate information before the airline even knows about it or all segments of the airline know about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I have some great stories of people in line with a pilot, you know, there's kind of all huddled around the jetway, you know, waiting for whatever and saying, oops, we just got delayed. And the pilot looking at them like, no, we're not delayed. We're taking off on time. And then whatever it is, 15 minutes later, the pilot finds out they're delayed and they track that person down in the waiting area and say, how did you know that? <laughs> yep. It's crazy that it's possible and it doesn't make sense as you just think about it as a user. Like, how could that be? But infrastructure wise, like when you dig in and you figure out where the data is coming from and how it's flowing, it's, it's, it strangely makes sense. And I guess the two second, we can dig in if you're interested, but the two second version of that is airlines have a lot of things to keep track of and whether or not the plane is 10, 15, 20 minutes late, as important as it is to a passenger, it's not that critical to the airline. And they kind of hedge their bets a little bit in terms of telling everyone they you know, if you're United, telling everyone that it's 15 minutes late causes a certain chain reaction with your flyers, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go get food or I'm not going to worry about getting there quite as much on time or maybe it's going to get further delayed. So you kind of don't have the full incentives to tell people the 100% truth all the time. 
versus flighties only care about passengers built for passengers. That's our number one goal. So being fast and accurate is foundational and critical to us. And this is a wonderful tool for many of the bargain hunters as well, because a lot of times you will uh, back before the, the free cancellation, which is going to end up stopping at some point anyway. If there was a flight that was coming up uh, during a blizzard that was going to be canceled, uh, you would want to cancel that. You'd want to cancel before the airline canceled, because if you did, then you weren't going to get your refund. But now you'll know ahead of the airline to know to dial in and cancel things right away so you can get your refund. It also allows you, it gives you that spur of the moment ability that when you know you're going to be delayed overnight to get your hotel, if you're going to be stuck or contact the airline ahead of anybody else, when it all gets crowded and you can't get in on the phone or get to the counter or or whatever, this is just simply, a, it sounds like it's absolutely beautiful. And the other thing that we had, he- I had heard about it that I'm not exactly sure how it works, and maybe you can explain, is that it seems to be self-populating. You don't have to enter your flight numbers. It goes out and it searches through your, your phone and your, your emails and finds your flights and, and, and self-populates. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's a huge advantage. Yeah, that's exactly right. Thanks for bringing that up. I kind of always forget that, that, that there's other ways to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah. Sometimes some of the features that are most relevant to you, you sort of say like, yeah, of course it does that. But to new users, it's groundbreaking. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So to talk about what you were mentioning earlier a second, actually knowing about cancellations, knowing about delays early, you're totally right that it used to be canceling it on your own, interchanging it on your own. Now what it is, because these cancellations and changes are so kind of easy and quote free to do, there's a rush. When the alert goes out of the United app, all those people get it and they're going to find what's the next flight? How do I get on the next flight? And if you have an advantage in getting on the next flight and getting home on time and seeing your kids and not being stuck overnight in Detroit or whatever, it's it's massive. And that actually just happened to me when I was in Singapore on my turnaround flight. The plane landed. I wanted to see the Singapore airport. So I was walking around a little bit while I'm walking around and I couldn't check into my hotel anyway. While I'm walking around, I get a text notice from United saying that my return flight was canceled. Because I was there at the airport, I immediately went over to the counter. They unfortunately couldn't help me at the ticket counter, but they gave mm-hmm. me a telephone because mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't have an international calling plan. They called the United Airlines, got me out with a reservationist, and I got a seat. When I was on the phone with a reservationist, they said, you know, if you wanted to fly on United, we'd be happy to accommodate you three days from now because mm-hmm. all the flights were sold out. And the simple fact that I knew about it right then and was able to deal with it was life-changing for me. So I absolutely understand, recognize, see the benefit in doing this for other passengers. Although now, if more people use this, they're going to be jumping in line or at least being in the same place in line with me. So I I think I'd really rather just keep this as a secret. So I'm the only user and and no one else uses it, right? That is, (laughs) yeah, that's a tough thing. I really try not to sell. I, I don't like thinking about it as like, but there is that certain mentality of like me versus the other people on the plane. And it, it, it's <laughs> disturbing, right? But if I, if I circle back to Micah's question, which I irresponsibly diverted us from. So one thing that we do different right out of the gate is a lot of subscription apps these days require you to start a trial. And then that trial automatically converts you into a paying customer. 
And with Flighty, we wanted to give you the ability to try it without that automatic conversion. So the, the first flight that everybody takes in the app, you get all the pro features. You get push alerts. You get the automatic ingestion of all of your flights so that you can get started. You get all the automatic assistance. So that's kind of the first thing to know that is, is actually great for explaining on a podcast. Very difficult to explain in the app because people just assume it's a trial and it's going to auto-convert. Where everyone's trying to get your money and yada, yada. We're users on the app too, and we would want to make it exactly how we would want it to be. So everyone, first flight, get all the features pro for free so they can check everything out. They don't have to sign up for anything. Let me just point that out one more time. I'm sorry. I want our listeners to hear this. You can download Flighty. You can get full use of it at no cost whatsoever. And you're not giving them a credit card number. You can get one try. And if you like it, then you can buy it. It's not like the other apps where you got to give a credit card number and then you're stuck. Exactly. And if when that flight's over, all the flights you've imported and everything are still there and you're just on the free plan. And if you want to get those features you previously had that are pro features, you can. And we have a monthly plan. If you're flying for holidays, you can do month to month. And then we have an annual plan. If you're someone who flies kind of year round and you want more of a value kind of discount thing, you can do an annual plan. Probably not the greatest business move, but we try to keep it really flexible because that's what we would want as users. Well, and you also have a lifetime plan, if I remember correctly, which is actually a pretty good bargain if you're going to keep it for a few years. Yeah, I wasn't going to mention that. Thanks, Micah. We, okay, I'm sorry. I'll leave that out. We can, we'll no, cut no, that out. Leave it. No, no, you can leave it. I'm kind of joking. It, it's people love it. It's I think it's expensive and crazy because it's $250, but our annual plan is 50 But people who love flying are all over it. Business friends say I shouldn't do it. Our developer doesn't like that we do it. But enough users say, I want to support the app. I know I'm going to be using this for years and years and years, that they're willing to put down a lot of money. It's a, I consider it a responsibility. And it's, well, but they're basically making a bet that you're going to be in business in year six. That's how you and I think about it. <laughs> I think 80% of people say, I hate subscriptions. I don't want to deal with this. I use this thing on one, two, three, four, five flights. I know it's great. I'm just going to give you money so I can have it forever. It's, it's a mentality thing. Fair enough. So let's get back to the user experience from start to finish. You load the application. Yep. So let's say you're a new user. Right when you open the application, you get that free flight that you can experience with Pro fully if you want. One of the other key things you need to do right away is get all your flights in. And we have a multitude of different ways to get in your flights. Obviously, one key way is fast search. So we've done a lot of optimization for that. Then there's three automatic ways where the flights can just get automatically pulled in. One is calendar. So right there on your device, you know, everyone has a calendar on their device. You can authorize that access. We'll look through any past and future event for something that looks like a flight number and then add that into your Flighty app for you. Usually we can do around 500 flights in 10 seconds. So it's super fast. And all of that processing of looking through your private information stays on your device, never goes to our cloud. So there's no question of do we even store it? Do we keep it encrypted? Doesn't matter because we never even get it. So that calendar sync is what we call that. And that's one of the most popular ways to do it because a lot of people have these events in their flights already. Because I run my calendar a little bit different than others. Does it have to be the, what is it, the ICE file format that comes from the airline's application? Or if I just put in UA hash 188, it'll pick that up and know that that's a flight. It'll pick that up. Yep. Cool. You can import from multiple calendars or just one. So if your wife or partner has a calendar that's their flight, so you can ignore that one or you can choose to use that one. And then it'll go through and we'll look for, there's basically three requirements. We need flight number, we need date, and we need to and from. 
And if we have those, we can definitely find it. And if we have partial matches, we'll do our best to find the partial match. So for example, if you don't know the flight number, but you knew the times, we'll match that. What I would suggest if people want to try this out, it's the fastest way to get all of your upcoming flights in. And then in a second, I can talk about our kind of flight log feature where any of your past flights will combine all those up into a world globe and you can surf and navigate around the globe and then filter down by year and share some kind of cool compilation stats on that. But the other ways you can input flights, we sync with TripIt. You know, a lot of pro flyers use TripIt. So you can press that button and off to the races. And then we can ingest email itineraries. So if you get a new itinerary from United, you forward it to a special flighty email address. One second later, you get a push notification that says four flights to Singapore imported. So it's super easy to get your flights up and running. Kind of from there, a lot of the features kick in. But I guess it's important to note that if you did nothing else, everything else would work. You don't have to open the app. You don't have to later go in and add something. All the kind of magic starts happening from there. So you don't have to manually do anything. We'll help you manage the flights. If you turn it on, we'll put those flights into your calendar for you. And then if the flight time changes or the flight gets canceled, we move the calendar event so that everything's up to date including for people that you know are trying to schedule meetings, it'll change your free and available time so that that's accurate for when you're on the plane. So then one of the other things that we manage for you is people want to share their flights with people. You know, it's a loved one or a colleague you're meeting. So a lot of these other apps have shared features built in. But again, we want to build it how we would want it to be if we were users, which we are, I guess. You press the share button. All the data that is shared is in a website, not in the app. So the people that are receiving it don't have to get the app. There's no ads on it. All the data is live. And it's all the basic flight information that they would need. And if they have Flighty, they press the add button and it goes into their Flighty. If they don't have Flighty, they still get all the live flight information. And they can hit view more details if they want to see even extra detail. But that's a really beloved thing. It's just because it's so, I guess, user-friendly. It's exactly how you would want it to work. The other person doesn't have to download anything. They don't have to look at ads. They don't have to input their email address. None of that kind of typical nonsense. You just get the free flight information. And if you want to add it to Flighty, you can. And then a couple of them kind of more flight-related things as your flight gets nearer. Our kind of most beloved feature that we're most famous for is what we call 25-hour Where's My Plane. A lot of services have They'll tell you if your inbound plane is late. We take that out 25 hours. Why 25? Well, it's 24 hours plus one in case you have the same flight from the morning prior. For example, you know, the Sydney to LA, it's the same flight every day. But if the one from the day before is late, the flight is so long, you're going to be late. So we start watching every single flight that your metal, your plane takes 25 hours before you depart. And if there's an issue where mathematically it can't make it to, like my example earlier, Fort Lauderdale in time, we tell you when there's a problem. So you don't have to constantly be hitting refresh. Do the math across the different time zones of, okay, if I arrive in Sydney at this time and it's supposed to depart at that time, is that enough time for the turnaround? Yada, yada, yada. We do all that and tell you, boom, here's an alert. There's going to be an issue or you should keep your eyes peeled. If you don't make up time in the air, it can't make it to you mathematically. One of the other really beloved ones is our connection assistant. So if you have a connection, the second you go wheels down on the first flight, we send you a push alert that says you arrive seven minutes early. You're going to be arriving at Terminal 1, Gate 3. You have 42 minutes to get to Terminal 2, Gate 34. When you land, that's what you're trying to look up. How long do I have? Is the other flight on time? How late am I in? We just send you that alert right away. If you tap into it, it'll go directly to that flight. Yeah. Is there time to go to the restroom? Is there time to stop in the lounge? That's exactly the information I'm looking for. 
You said the magic word, Ryan, and the word that I love so much about this app, you said user-friendly. And that's what it is because our listeners are, are pretty sophisticated. And, you know, they're using Flight Radar 24. They're using Flight Aware, and they can look up all the stuff and find it if they want to. They, you know, they can enter it into from their calendars and all that. But Flighty is not only looking it up for you, it's pushing the information to you so you have it ahead of time. You're having it, fa- getting it faster than the airline apps, which our listeners are using, can give it to you. And, and it checks it quickly. And the other thing that you said is that it's not, nothing stored in the cloud. All this information is happening on the phone. So it sounds really secure, which people are also very concerned about. It really sounds like this is a very well thought out and well worthwhile app. And apparently it is because as we're recording this last week, Apple released the iPhone 14 and a flighty was a part of that. What can you tell us about that? Well, in typical Apple fashion, I can tell you just a little bit. (laughs) We were brought in a little early to go through hypotheticals of, hey, if there was a new iPhone and if it did have a new dynamic island type feature that had live streaming information, what could you do with that? We think that flights are a great place where live data is critical. What could you do with it? So we had a little bit of a head start and really was able to think through the, if you, because I don't know if you've seen the new iPhone 14 Pro, but there's this dynamic island concept. And it's it's small when it's in the compact version because you don't want it interfering with texting or Instagram or whatever else critical things you're doing. So we've designed for what do you do within that tiny amount of space? And then we already have great push notifications. So that was that made this a lot easier because it updates via the same push notification process. But now, I guess one way to think about it actually is instead of a push alert that has black and white text, we can make really rich live graphical interfaces that come in even faster than push alerts, but aren't as intrusive of ping, 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 here you're getting updates. We worked with them on that a little bit behind the scenes. They were able to give us some feedback on design stuff, which is always great to get their input on things. They're obviously supreme experts on this. And that's going to be coming out. You know, they haven't actually said, and I don't actually know, uh, we think it's around November-ish where the live activities will be available for. It's actually going to come to all phones, uh, but the 14 Pro is the one that gets the dynamic island version of this. And I'm watching that right now as we speak. I happen to be on the Apple uh, iPhone 14 website, and it's right there. When you click the replay, you scroll down, and there it is. And boy, is that going to be handy. That's just that's perfect for a traveler uh, that, that does this all the time because the information is going to flash right up and be in front of you without you even having to look at, well, look at your phone, but not having to click any buttons on it. It's going to be right there. Yeah, and sadly, this makes me want to upgrade my phone. Ugh. They got gotcha. you. We got gotcha you again. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So I've had it for, I've been living with it for about five or six days now. And I think you nailed it. And then one of the other things that you don't really realize, and this has kind of made me appreciate, is we all know you pick up your phone, what do they say, like 250 times a day or something insane like that. And yes, push notifications are awesome. And there is a certain aspect of just tell me when things are going wrong. But when you're using your phone and doing normal other things you need to do, but as a glance, you don't even really have to look something up. The status is just there. It's a really nice reassurance of, yep, on time, no big deal. That's great. Ryan, is there anything else, anything that we missed? Anything else you want to tell us about Flighty? It's great on the iPad. That's kind of a thing. So, you know, we we do not have an Android app currently. Most people that fly frequently have iPads. They're just so good for that. Flighty is also super good on iPad. You get that really cool, complete globe view. 
And then, of course, we also have a Mac app. And like you mentioned, all these things sync securely. We actually, one of the things we we do privacy-wise is you never enter your name or your email address or any sort of account so that we don't even know who you are, even if we did have the information. So we've kind of set ourselves up where we don't have your flight data. It's on your phone. But if we did, it's still random. Like in in transit, basically, as we send you push alerts, it's still random. And I don't know that it's Brian whose flight it is. So I couldn't put it together if I wanted to. So it's, there's a lot of aspects that we've kind of taken into consideration with the sensitive data of people's flights. Some people are very concerned about their security, and this certainly should alleviate their fears over that. Ryan, so we could really get our listeners engaged. You've generously offered to do something special for them. What have you got up your sleeves? Yeah, absolutely. We always like to get the kind of enthusiast community involved. So if you want to grab the app and then go to the settings section, and then there's, there's a part called, there's an area called feedback, and one of them is called say hi. Just say hi, say that you came from the podcast. And then after about a week after it comes out, we'll randomly pick two people to get Lifetime Pro forever and uh, see who gets the free passes there. Wow, that's incredibly generous. Thank you so much. That's really kind of you. Yep, that is awesome. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us on the Airplane Geeks podcast. Hey, guys, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, Ryan, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. You can follow Ryan on Twitter at rjonesy, that's R-J-O-N-E-S-Y. And you can also follow Flighty app, F-L-I-G-H-T-Y-A-P-P. Just one quick note, as a follow-up to our conversation in episode 721, I believe, about Rotax engines in Iranian drones, well... Listener Mark Newton posted in our Slack team the link to an article from The Drive. It's titled, Same Type of Rotax Engines Used in Iranian Drones Targeted in Bizarre Theft Wave. This was published October 25th, 2022, and it seems that a large number of these engines have been stolen, and that might be how Iran obtained them. All right, thank you for listening to the Airplane Geeks podcast. You can find us in show notes for this episode at airplanegeeks.com. The direct link to the show notes for the episode is airplanegeeks.com slash 722. And of course, you can reach us via email at thegeeks at airplanegeeks.com. So please join us next time as we talk aviation on the Airplane Geeks podcast. <laughs> <laughs>